And you're listening to the final call here on Radio Massasoit. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Fantuccio. With me, Ben Meningitis. That is not my name. It is May Maritas. Ben Meningitis. Okay. <laughs> ben Meningitis. And the, na- and the man with the easiest name in the room, Jason Snow. Guys, we were off last week. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm great. You know, hanging in there. How are you, Jason? I am fantastic today. You know, it's J-A-S-O-N space S-N-O-W. Easiest name in the in the room. Easiest name in the room. By far. May Maridis. Oh. It's not that hard. <laughs> ben Meningitis. <laughs> it's not that hard. Andrew Fed, uh, Fettuccini. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I'll never live that one down. That that that's one that one has followed me since like birth. That's and okay. It, that's that's not the point of the show is not <laughs> talk about how dumb our last names are. Uh let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Uh the Cowboys lost to the Pages thirteen to nine on Sunday, guys, and uh in a game that was, if you look at the scoreboard and the stat sheet, looked pretty close. I mean, thirteen and nine, both teams were pretty even in terms of first downs, time of possession, third down conversion rate. But the key of the game was coaching. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was obvious the discrepancy between the Patriots level of uh, coaching and, and the in the Cowboys. Because on one side you got Bill Belichick, the legend, uh, the the living legend, you know, doing what he does best, scheming. Uh, shutting down his opponent's you know uh, strengths and making great in-game adjustments, exposing their weaknesses. On the other side, Jason Garrett did what he does best: nothing. So uh, I mean, there was just so many of like things that the Cowboys did in this game that should have gotten Jason Garrett fired. I mean, the, I think the only reason that the uh, he still has a job right now is because it's a short week for the Cowboys. Interesting. They, they play. Yeah. They play Thursday. They're not going to fire their head coach and then have him, you know, install a new game plan with three days until the game. They're not going to do that. I think he has till the end of the year. End of the year, they'll. Well, we'll get to that. But I mean, just some. I mean, not preparing his team to play in the elements. It was nasty weather out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, heavy rain, sixteen mile an hour winds. It was brutal conditions for football. And he, t- Jason Garrett has his team playing in the uh, practicing in the dome this week. <laughs> Yeah, they, they threw it way more than they should have. Yeah. yeah. Dak Prescott, they continued to have him drop back and try to throw the ball when he couldn't even grip it at first. It took him like he, a quarter and a half to yeah. figure out he needed a glove. So. Doing this against the best passing defense in the NFL. Yep. And they were doing this. They refused to hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, not refused, that's the wrong word, but they were hesitant to. They were going to him in the first half, and he was actually getting yards. And then in the second half, they just it turned was away like, from it. exactly, I don't know. And in conditions that call for a heavy run scheme against a team that's struggled against the run, you're not handing it off to your what? How, how much did they pay him this last uh, couple months ago? A gazillion dollars. Exactly. A bit. They paid him a lot. You know what I mean? So why not, why not focus on him? And then just dumb, idiotic mo- uh, mistakes that, you know, any intelligent coach would have corrected. Not having Tony Pollard play back those kickoffs in the end zone with winds blowing against the Patriots. That's a good point. The ball's falling short the 15-yard line, and you're having him come in and try to field that. If you know it's going to fall short, why are you having him play so far back? Mm-hmm. And, and then I think another big one is deciding to kick a field goal when you're down by uh, yes. you're down by six yes. with six minutes left to go in the, in the fourth quarter, and you're deep in your opponent's territory, and you kick a field goal. A touchdown would give you the lead. I, I, I just don't understand it. Just... That's what really bugged really me. Really bad mistakes that are holding the Cowboys back. And the Cowboys are did in this game what they continue to do all year, and that's play down to weaker competition. What do you guys think about that? I was, first of all, I, I agree with everything you said. Jason Garrett, I think this is his last year as a head coach in Dallas. His career record is 83-64. and 64. Okay, above 500, but it's like nothing impressive. And 2-3 and three in the playoffs. I mean, come on. And this is, he's been the coach for Dallas since the early 2000s. And you're basically in the same exact spot that you were all those years ago. You have a great roster. Jerry Jones is always trying to rebuild his quote-unquote 90s team with he wants his quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, all like elite players, right? He has that. Well, I don't think Dak Prescott's elite yet, but he's, he's a good quarterback. He can win you games. Dak Prescott... You have Amari Cooper, who I think is one of the best receivers in the league. His route running makes me want to cry. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott, who we just mentioned, who is just an absolute monster in the backfield. 
and just not using him, um, I think that has to do with coaching because you clearly have the roster. You have oh, the pieces. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at some of the losses that the Cowboys have had, it's been because they played down their opponents. Week four, they lost to the Saints. And yeah, the Saints are a good team, but they were without Drew Brees. That was a twelve to ten loss, a game that the Cowboys were in. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets, and then the this, Jets. And then this last game, they they clearly have the better roster than the Patriots. But the Patriots' yeah. overall coaching and just intelligence and mental preparation puts them over the edge every time. Not even that. I mean, what you said about going, not going for it. That oh, that really bugged me. I'm a Patriot fan, and I was yelling at the Cowboys, going, "Go for it! You're on what the twelve yard line? You're you're about to score." And you go for a you settle for a field goal in the fourth quarter when all you need is a touchdown to take the lead. Here's my that's, question. That's that's he's scared. You're right, but here's here's my question. What's the point in paying Zeke that much money if you're not going to use him? Because clearly you didn't need him through the first three games. You beat the Giants at Washington, Miami. Those are the three worst teams in the league. You beat them easily without him. You pay him when you can't throw due to elements that you can't control, like in a Green Bay, in a Seattle, in a New England. You pay him for times where you're third and short in the red zone, punch it in. That's just easy points. Mm -hmm. What's the point in paying him if you're not going to use him in crucial times that you need him? And you could, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, you could easily look at this upcoming games and be like, okay, we're comfortable, we're winning, we're leading the division right now. But if you look at the Eagles schedule, it's at Miami, Giants at home, Washington on the road, and then you you play Dallas. at home if you're Philly. So in Philly, you're playing Dallas. And then at the Jets. I mean, at the Giants. That might be the easiest schedule in the league. And they're only one game back of the NFC East. Exactly. That's the problem. Meanwhile, the the Cowboys are playing Buffalo at home. Good defense. At Chicago, that's a good defense. Mm-hmm. The Rams, I know they gave up a ton to Lamar Jackson, but that's, you know... The Rams have, are kind of iffy this year. But they have the notoriety. They're, they have the same record as the Cowboys. So yeah, yep. but... This problem is just exclusive to this season. Like you said, his record over Jason Garrett's record as a head coach the last eight years since he took over in uh, back in 2010, 83-64. And he's only made the playoffs three times in those eight years, and he hasn't made it past the second round. But why do you think they're keeping him around? Because here's my point. Let, 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 let me get to this. I'm rubbing right? it up to you. Uh, Jerry Jones have, had, did an interview with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas yesterday, and I want you guys to hear what he had to say about it. Sure and in-season head coaching change after Sunday? Again, uh, the answer is no, and, uh, period. But, uh, uh, but, you know, I sit there and watch games. I watch games, and uh, I look at uh, uh, every aspect of it since I put the coaches out there, since I put the players out there uh, at the end of the day with a lot of help and with a collaborative effort. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. And uh, I am highly uh, critical, and I'm continually evaluating the performance of everybody involved with the game. So you you listen to that. What do you guys think about what he just said? Because when I hear that, I hear him saying, this is my responsibility. I put these guys out in the field. It's up to me. And you just what did you just ask me again? What's keeping Jason Garrett around so long? Because Jerry Jones doesn't want to have a, a coach that overshadows him. Jerry Jones is incapable. That's an interesting take. Jerry Jones is incapable of accepting the fact that his team's success might not directly have to do with him. That's a good point. I didn't. I didn't initially think of that, but you're right. I mean, so this- he he keeps a wet piece of cardboard on the sideline to be a punching bag, so that Jerry doesn't have to answer the tough questions, and he can just be Jerry, because God knows that uh, Jerry Jones is. Pretty much, you know, uh, royalty in in Dallas. Oh, yeah, he he is royalty. Yeah, definitely. So, do you guys? We all agree that the the uh, Cowboys should make a change at the coaching position, right? We all yeah. agree. Yeah, like yes. Jason Garrett needs to go. If they don't get rid of him, or maybe not get rid of him, but if you they don't bring in someone better, this this roster is at its ceiling right now. There are oh, six and five. Absolutely, agreed. this agreed. is their ceiling, and it's an A plus roster. It's a top three roster in the league. Absolutely, I agree. I mean. If you look at the candidates, maybe Mike McCarthy would fit in. I don't want to go into candidates. I, I, no, but. we're not going to get into candidates. But, yeah, going down the roster on both sides of the ball, pro bowlers, all pro, uh, an all-pro offensive line with three guys that are pretty much bona fide Hall of Famers already in this short time in their career. And they're, they're being left up to this just sack of nothing. Yeah, I mean. And it, it's all because of Jerry Jones' ego. 
Yeah, I believe the Cowboys should make a, tr- a change at uh, head coach, and I think they finally will this year because of how good their roster is. But I, there's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me think no matter who they decide to be the head coach is going to be the right choice because Jerry's still going to be Jerry, and he's still going to pick someone that he can just boss around. He's had a pattern of this. Go back to 1993 after Jimmy Johnson left the Cowboys after winning there's his second consecutive Super Bowl because him and Jerry couldn't get along. Because Jerry just couldn't accept the fact that his team's success had nothing to do with him. Well, I mean, there's no question that Jerry Jones is a huge ego. And the fact that he says, the buck stops with me in that interview just kind of shows you, okay, yeah, I'm the one who makes all the decisions. Exactly. Yeah, yep. he's the coach. You know, these are my players, but who picked these players in the draft? Who is who is help, literally helping install game plans? I mean, this is some... No other owner in the NFL has their fingerprints all over their team like Jerry Jones does. This is clearly Jerry Jones's team, not I mean, Jason I'll, I'll Garrett's. I'll give him credit for building a good roster. I mean, we all agree. Yeah, top no, three roster yeah. in the NFL, right? Absolutely, Talent-wise, great yes. roster. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to give up that control. He's a control no, freak. He is a control freak, one hundred percent. And he I, just no. Go ahead. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. If your team wins and you're a control freak, like Nick Saban in college football. Alabama. Oh, absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's when your your team suffers and you kind of like look at the coach. And uh, I don't know. I kind of have a problem with the owner like really doing that much. I like when the owner is involved and, you know, helping with the organization. But when it comes to football, that's the coaching staff's job. That's the player's job. That's what you're paid to do. You okay. know what I mean? But, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, but he, he's kept Garrett around because he doesn't want to give up control. This coaching change that's that's just inevitable at this point should have been made in the 2015 season after Cowboys went four and twelve. This was the year before they drafted Prescott and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. They went four and twelve, and even though the Cowboys are in first place right now, can we all agree they're not going to make a deep playoff run? No, because of how bad their coaching is, and they might not even make the playoffs if they don't win the division. Yeah, you're right because Seattle's the, there. The rest of the wild card uh, candidates are that much better than them. Yeah, and if they if they end up dropping off and the Eagles somehow pick up, because I think the Eagles are a good roster too. Eagles yeah. are a good roster. Yeah, they, I think I think you can say the Eagles are a top ten roster in the NFL. They need a vertical threat. They need they needed what Seattle got, Josh Gordon. I well, think, they had they had Deshaun Jackson. And they got hurt. Exactly, but. I think this roster has hit its ceiling. As long as Jason Garrett's on the sideline, I think this is their ceiling. I think it's it's sad to say, but they're a tough they're a top three roster. It's tough to see them not even they're they're leading the division. But yeah, are I they mean, really that much better than five and six Philly? No, no, because of how bad their coaching is. They also lucked out by getting Amari Cooper because in Oakland he was pretty much invisible, and then he went to Dallas, and now he's considered one of the best receivers in the league. And I mean, he had. Z- Count them. Zero. No. I think he had one target the I, entire I give, game. I give credit to that to Stephon Gilmore. That guy's been playing that, that, That's fair. Amazing. No, that's Fantastic. fair. That's fair. But I think, I mean, that that game was just a bad coaching game for Dallas top to bottom. And it was just, it was clearly evident that they were not prepared. Um, Just, it was, it was terrible. The fact that Dak literally went a quarter and a half before he realized that it was raining <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, you yes, need... It's, it's the simple adjustments that separate teams like the Patriots from teams like the Cowboys. Yeah. It's the simple adjustments. Having your quarterback wear a glove in the rain. Who would have thought? Going for it on fourth and seven with under six left, and you're deep in your opponent's territory. Like, just go for it. It, it just is these really idiotic mistakes that should be they're simple to us as football fans exactly and you think the head coach of the dallas cowboys would know what to do here and that's you Tom bring up Landry's a good point rolling over in his grave right now watching this yeah, by you the bring way. up a good point for football fans this is frustrating to watch it is and i can't even imagine being a dallas cowboys fan i mean i know skip they bayless they has have not had made a, a fit con- they have not made a conference championship in almost 25 years yeah skip bayless had a fit and with the roster this team has and the and how good their teams are consistently they should undoubtedly be a Super Bowl contender every year with the roster they have right now, yeah. and they're just not. They capitalize on their draft picks. I can say that. They got good linebackers. Um, yeah, linebackers. Yeah, it's like good said, linebackers, good O-line. Both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. They have good, young talent. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not just getting it You know, in the beginning of the first round. They're getting it throughout the draft. Late, uh, Byron Jones wasn't a first-round pick. Jalen Smith fell to them after he was hurt. 
Van- nobody expect anything out of Van Der Esch. Right, coming out of uh, Boise State. <laughs> but what a good pick by Jerry. Yeah, no, that was I'll a I'll give pick. him credit where credit's due. But until he can relinquish control and accept, for my team to be successful, I have to let go. And it, I don't blame him it, for until resisting. He do- until he does that? No, I blame him for resisting because it's been 25 years of this. Yeah, he definitely, and he hasn't recognized it. He definitely thinks that the early 90s Dallas dynasty was all because of him. 100%. Oh, 100%. And that's, yeah. what, that's what happened with Jimmy Johnson. But if I'm yeah. Jerry Jones, I have the best stadium in the NFL. I'm pretty much the richest guy, the most powerful guy. I've been nothing but net for my entire life. Why would I resist now? Because not, it's not working anymore. He's got to recognize change. And that's what. And that's a great that's uh, a good question. overarching theme for this Cowboys team. Not recognizing change. Not being able to make these adjustments. You know? Uh, so coming up after the break... Uh, we're going to dive into a couple topics that we didn't get to last week. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation, uh, and a little bit of Tua Tagovailoa. You're listening to Final Call on Radio Massasoit. Since 2000, the Michael J. Fox Foundation has been researching and looking for a cure for Parkinson's. With your help, we can finally put an end to the suffering experienced by so many people with this illness. This public service announcement is brought to you by Radio Massasoit. You're listening to Radio Massasoit. We play your music the way you like it. Massasoit Community College is located in Brockton, Canton, and Middleborough. Massasoit Community College, changing lives for over 50 years. Flag as... Whoa! Hello! Whoa! Mason Rudolph got into it. Get out of there. What in the world? Believe Miles Garrett? They'll be swinging a helmet? Yeah, there'll be some ejections. Coming out of this, there may be suspensions. That's right, suspensions. Yeah, uh, suspensions were definitely given out there, uh, Troy Aikman. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just an ugly, ugly scene. I mean, that that's something you never want to see uh, on a professional sports field, let alone just any sports field, whether it's uh, Pop Warner football, high school, college. You never want to see anything that just ugly and just disgusting going on. Uh, what do you guys, What do you guys think of that? I mean, just such a. I mean, you bring up, yeah, the seeing it in Pop Warner or like high school is probably more realistic, I think. But the fact that this happened in the professional football league, like the National Football League, you know what I mean? And people are swinging helmets as weapons. I mean, I've never seen. First reaction, I never saw anything like it. I was completely surprised. Me neither. I've, I've never seen that. I mean, the closest thing I could think of was Malice in the Palace, but yeah, that but wasn't even yeah. that wasn't similar at all. Because no, it, wasn't. it didn't involve any fans. It was just players going after each other. But yeah, that that, was the, in terms of severity, that's the closest thing I could align it to. Yeah, that's right up there with the Bruins going into the stands and fighting well, the now, fans now too. We're, we're going way back to like the '70s. Like oh yeah, that. <laughs> no, but, and like, but what and, I'm saying but is, like it's up age, there. Like you never see anything like that, like ever. And like this, this was just ugly. Especially in a league that has, for the past few years, has been emphasizing safety and player safety, and then you have this. Yeah, big black eye. So I, I guess we, you know, just dive into it and just, you know, we'll, we'll get into our opinions and who was right, who was wrong, but we, let's just get into how the fight went down. So it's late in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's only, what, like 30 seconds left in the game anyways? If that. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the game's over. The Steelers aren't aren't winning this game, and they're just kind of trying to run out the clock. And they run out like a little screenplay. Miles Garrett hits Mason Rudolph, and it's not uh, a late hit. He hits him as the ball is being thrown. It was a good play. It's Le- a legal. Clean hit. Clean hit. Yep. And it's just it, it, and it's a play that happens all the time. Bang, bang, play. Every week in the NFL happens. But Rudolph doesn't like it. They fall to the ground. They, like a little wrestling match between them kind of ensues. While they're wrestling on the ground, Mason Rudolph tries to take off Miles Garrett's helmet. As well as his uh, baby-making machine, but yeah. Yeah, and so Mason... Whatever. Mason Rudolph <laughs> go is is the one who initiates this. Yes. Right? We and he all... also tried to kick him. All right. Th- thank you. I just want to put that out there. I- I'm going with... Uh... All right, fine. <laughs> he didn't succeed in the helmet, though. No, he, he didn't. He didn't. He also Miles, didn't succeed with the kicking. Miles Garrett really succeeded. <laughs> oh, yeah. In response to him, Rudolph trying to take off his helmet, Miles Garrett grabs Mason Rudolph's face mask and yanks him off the ground. <laughs> And I saw this like, 
Like, I do not want to mess with Miles Garrett. Definitely not. He's a big man. I am not getting in the way. And that, it was just like, if you're going to do that to me, i do that to you. And I feel like Garrett was ready to drop it right then and there. Because Garrett didn't look mad at this point. The whole thing changed when, while Garrett is being confronted by two of the Pittsburgh offensive linemen and is holding uh, Rudolph's helmet, Rudolph comes running around the corner and starts screaming at Garrett. And this is where it seems things took a turn. Because whatever Rudolph said to Miles Garrett clearly wasn't very nice. It re- clearly wasn't very nice. Because that's when all hell broke loose and he just tried to club him over the head. Uh, Garrett is then tackled to the ground by multiple Steelers. Uh, and is even kicked in the head by um, Steelers center Marquise Pouncey. Yeah. And he got suspended for it. And w- it was three, and then he appealed it and went so down to two. So we're going we're gonna to get into the uh, into suspensions. Okay. Uh, so Miles Garrett was suspended indefinitely and was fined $45,623 by the NFL. Okay. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who was suspended one game, Browns defensive lineman, for just shoving uh, Miles Garrett. No. Uh, uh, shoving Mason Rudolph. Defenseless player, yeah. Yeah. And then Marquise Pouncey was suspended three games. That was shortened to two after an appeal, and he was fi- fined uh, $35,096. Okay. Precisely. Precisely. No, I got it, yeah, I got yeah, it down I to that. Uh, no punishment given out to Mason Rudolph, by the way. None whatsoever. That's stupid. So, I thought he got a $50,000 fine, did he not? I didn't read that. No, uh-huh. Not where I checked. So how do you guys feel about the, uh, the punishments the league handed out? Should uh, Mason Rudolph have been uh, punished as well? <sighs> yes. Yes. I'm just going to lead it off and say yes. I despise Mason Rudolph. I just want to put that out there. Go off, he, then. He is... Ne- name one time. Name one time Mason Rudolph has made headlines for something good that he did. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe throw some touchdowns. Maybe win a game. No. He sucks. I never liked the guy. He has, by far... I can't. I almost can't blame Miles Garrett because he has the most punchable face in league history... It's not even close. Have you seen his face? <laughs> I mean, like, I just want to smack him. Not the point. But he, Mike Tomlin benched him for Devlin Hodges, and he said he is, he is killing the team. So I just don't like him. Uh, the that's, wor- that's where I'm at. The, the worst thing to me was the apology. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was prepared on a note card that I assume wasn't prepared by him because if it was, he would have just said it himself instead of reading it off a card. And it was his even, lawyer, and not even making eye contact with the cameras. <laughs> it was his lawyer. <laughs> but that that just made me think like, oh, this guy's a this guy's a phony. He because he was like he was speaking for Garrett in a way. He would have been like, you know, if, if we could both take it back, we would have reacted differently. Then why'd you try to rip off a? Okay, let's just say it out loud. Miles Garrett's like six seven. Seven. He's a he's a large man. He is a monster. And, monster. and I mean, and, and Mason Rudolph is no slouch either. But he, Miles Garrett, yanked him off the ground with his by his face mask. He's a like he's a monster. Yeah. I do not want to mess with Miles Garrett. If Miles Garrett was trying to rip off my helmet, I would not run towards him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, can we use some like good, good judgment here? Like, quarterbacks a judgment position. Don't go after six seven line um, linemen. Yeah, I seriously. Think that's a good idea. So, but do we all think so? Did Garrett get a, a, a suspension he deserved? Yes. He gone. Well, yeah. I think I think swinging a helmet at a defenseless player is all time dumb. Like that's just dumb. You're gonna get you're gonna get suspended either way for that. Especially when the game's over. Exactly. The game's over, and I think the whole thing started again because Mason Rudolph just is kind of a sore loser, and he was mad that he just he threw four interceptions that game. And he was getting smacked around all game, and he just lost his cool and tried going at Garrett, and then we saw what happened. But Mason Rudolph, in the grand scheme of things for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were going to look for a quarterback anyway, eventually. Um, but he's pretty replaceable. Um, so just don't act stupid. Don't act stupid. They'll, they'll, get, they'll get another quarterback. <laughs> be on your best behavior. If, you're, if Tom Brady were to do that, Patri- oh. Patriots would swallow one and be like, Okay, that wasn't the best decision, but he's Tom Brady. The country would explode if Tom Brady did that, <laughs> by the way. I mean, Miles, uh, I think the league did a pretty good job uh, with what the punishment they gave out. For the ones they really? gave out, they were good. They missed some, but the ones they gave out were good. I think uh, it doesn't matter what Mason Rudolph said to Miles Garrett. At that point, if you're trying to club him over the head with his helmet, mm-hmm. indefinite suspension. 
He he, yeah. he can't do that. He yeah. does yeah. he does not deserve to be on an NFL field right now. I'm fine with that one. And, yeah. and he's, luck, <laughs> he's really lucky he didn't hit my, uh, Mason Rudolph with the crown of his helmet. He could have killed him. He he could have he could have killed him or at least caused like serious injury. Yeah, he could have been out cold on the field. Like seriously, like thank goodness he didn't hit him with the top of his helmet. Are you guys good with the punishments they give to Pouncey and for defending? Their quarterback. Yeah. No, I'm fine with all of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad they it. reduced Pouncey's sentence. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Because at the grand scheme of things, like he was defending his team. You're defending your quarterback. You got to do that. Yeah. As for Rudolph, he should have been punished too. He should have got. I think he should have got at least a game. He was the one who started this. He was the one who you know. Obviously, he shouldn't get the same suspension that Garrett got. Not. not no, 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 no. But he was the one who antagonized all of this. This I, do, this doesn't happen if he just you know understands like hey. I'm gonna get hit. Yeah, I, my, uh, Mason. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, Mason. You've been getting <laughs> hit all game, but the game's over. What are you gonna do now? Just take your licks. You play the you play the Browns in two weeks. And just win there. Take your licks, and that's part of being a young guy in the NFL. He just can't handle it. He nope. But he's he should. Terrible. I, I think at least a, a decent fine would would have been appropriate. I don't. I'm not even sure if a suspension would have been was it warranted that. But I think a pretty hefty fine was worth it. Yeah, I have to a, sus- a suspension, one game at the max, but I think just a, a, a good fine would have done the trick. But now on Sunday, these two teams will meet again at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. The game has and the game has serious uh, playoff implications as whoever wins this is likely gonna you know take a huge jump in their uh, playoff chances. Yep. Yeah. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that all of this is forgotten. Obviously, so tensions are gonna be high. Unfortunately for everybody. Watching the game, Mason Rudolph is benched, and Miles Garrett suspended. So, <laughs> are you guys disappointed that the Steelers are benching Rudolph? And then, do you guys think this is the right decision for the team? I think it's the right decision for the team. Like I said before, in the phone, I think it was a press conference. Mike Tomlin said Rudolph quote killed the team, and that's why they are starting Hodges. I'm not kidding. He straight up said that Mason Rudolph killed the team. I don't know if it's because of the whole fight or it's just because he sucks as a quarterback. Maybe it's both. <laughs> but I think I think it's smart that they're rolling with Hodges right now. Also, if you started Rudolph, that would be the headline. They would mm-hmm. be all over the place. And I don't think the Steelers want that attention. I don't think the Browns want that attention either. But I think that's another reason why they sat him this week. And I think everybody knows if you put Mason, uh, Mason Rudolph under center, everyone of the Browns would go after him. Every single oh yeah! Oh yeah! So just keep, just from a human perspective, keep everyone safe. You know, no, there's not a big drop off between um, Hodges and Rudolph anyway. So it's yeah. like, why does it matter? It, you know what I mean, Andrew? You know what I mean? No, I'm a little, I'm disappointed because as a fan, the storylines and the hype heading into this game. I mean, this was this was national news last week, and yeah. not just in sports, like across like all facets of interest and. In media and all that kind of stuff. No like, one had ever seen anything like it. Like, this was a national headline game. And now, pretty much all parties involved aren't going to be out there. So it's a little disappointing. But I do think it's the right decision for the Steelers. Because, like Mike Tomlin said, uh, Mason Rolls has been killing them. He, ha- he, th- he throws an interception. He's thrown an interception every game he started so far this year. And as a quarterback, he leads his team in fumbles. Ball security has been a huge problem. For Mason Rudolph so far uh, this year, he's so bad. And with a he's game bad. that has this heavy playoff implications, implications against a team, wait, who won the the Browns won that game, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And against a team that you've already lost to. <laughs> yeah. You in, in your division, this is a must win for the uh, for the Steelers. I agree. They need to win this so game. So they, they so keeping Garrett off the field is probably not Garrett. Rudolph off the field is probably in their best interest. So who do you guys think think wins this game now? <laughs> I honestly, hmm, I'm gonna go with the Browns, just because uh, they still got a rookie. The Steelers still got a rookie quarterback, and um, I mean, I think the the Browns will find a way. I mean, they what was the score like 21 to seven the last time? Yep. It'll, I think it'll be something similar. Um, I don't see the Steelers pulling an upset here. I think it's gonna be the Browns the whole the whole night. I'm hoping for the Steelers. I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping for the Steelers, not because I okay. 
I'm gonna have a truth serum right here. Let's let's hear it, Jason. I already know what you're gonna say. Say it. I'm I'm pretty anti Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really well. Okay, this is where it stems. This is where it stems from. The pettiness, the absolute pettiness to after um, the Steelers game to bring out a Mason Rudolph pinata and swing at it like and club at it with a helmet. Are you kidding? The me? unmitigated gall. What what, <laughs> what kind of logic goes into that? Your guys, your okay. Your guys didn't start it, but he definitely like finished it. He definitely like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 he definitely he, finished it. He, I think. Yeah. He escalated it. He got the heaviest suspension and the heaviest punishment, and you go after and kind of mimic what he did to a pinata of Mason. Like, what level of petty? Yeah, you but have been awful for twenty plus years, <laughs> and you have what? What kind of lack of self awareness do you need to have as a city? What kind of like low? self-esteem do you need to have as a sports city you've been god awful for years jimmy has has no idea what the he's doing yeah and yeah you go out and as a fan base what kind of confidence like what what gives you confidence like this i don't know just they're terrible it'd be one thing if you like had a parade after winning a championship yeah let's do it but just throw like um like celebrate over a guy having a suspension to go, yeah kind of what you're saying they need something to celebrate for because their team has sucked for 20 years like you're saying so yeah. they're just they're using the lowest <laughs> self-esteem of any sports city in the entire <laughs> united states i risk my case i hope the pittsburgh Steelers blow them out by 40 <laughs> fair very fair point by wow. jason snow <laughs> and, and, and i i realize my hyper, um my hypocrisy here because i'm calling out I'm calling them out for being petty, and I'm being petty myself. <laughs> before before any comments come out, you know, I know City Cleveland's going to hate me. That's okay. It's fine. But I realize my pettiness. They don't realize theirs. I'm calling, their, calling them out for it. You know, I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers, with a third-string quarterback at home, I hope I hope they take him to town. I did kind of laugh like tongue in cheek when I saw the Mason Rudolph pinata though, because that was kind of clever and funny. And I don't like Mason Rudolph. I'm, I'm yeah, no, like see, but I, I I don't like Mason Rudolph. So it was funny to me that that's like a I feel like that's a fun party game, is it not? Like just set up like a Mason Ru- <laughs> set up a Mason Rudolph pinata and use the helmet to just try and ruin it. That's funny. It's funny. It's historically accurate and it's funny. But what gives you the right to do that as a fan base? What What do you mean? What gives them the right? I mean, what gives the Buffalo Bills fans the right to throw each other off ta- off of trucks <laughs> and vans Ex- and the tables? Yes. What gives up? Thank you. Was it named Pinto uh, Ron to get scored with ketchup and mustard before every game? <laughs> it's, it's just dumb, stupid tailgating stuff. Yeah, it's just things that that gets them hyped up. It doesn't need to make sense. It's just like. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of sports, oh, man. Beauty? <laughs> That's the word you, could, you come out with to describe that. Ugh. We should do that for Jason's birthday. We should just be like, all right, we're going to set up a pinata. It makes me want to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> uh, so with all that being said. Oh, okay, well, who are you taking in tonight? <laughs> yeah, wait, Andrew? Andrew, what's your pick tonight? Or when they, when they play? I got the Browns. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I have the Browns. Uh, they've been on the roll these last few weeks. Oh, please. They have. <laughs> I mean, not against great teams, but they're playing certainly much, a, a lot better than they have than they were a couple weeks ago. Go ahead. You know? I, I think, you know, they're playing they're going to come in hungry because they they their uh, their guy got suspended. They're on the road, so they're going to want to play the villain anyways. Yeah. Uh and they're they're going to be hungry. And plus playing a an undrafted rookie third-string quarterback, I think just kind of steals the deal there. So, that I think that uh but Jason pretty much summed up this whole situation right right then. That, yeah. was, that was amazing. Coming up after the break, uh, one more story we didn't get to because of our uh, we were off last week. Uh, the two attack of Iloa injury and the uh, cataclysmic uh, fallout from that coming up after the break. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. So it seems to me that in one play, the entire college football landscape is just decided in one play. Because that two attack of Iloa injuries just pretty much has set the table for the next couple next couple months in terms of football. Yeah. Uh, it seems wah, that wah. the Heisman's been decided. Number one overall draft pick's been decided. Without Tua, I mean, it's really not up for debate anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, after losing their star quarterback, I mean, just... Even Alabama's playoff hopes are in question now. So that's the one. That's the one thing left to be answered. Like, do you guys think the uh, the tide has a shot 
uh, at the playoffs right now? Just the way of the current landscape? The, uh, um, the, the rankings came out yesterday. Uh, L- Ohio State's one, LSU's two, Clemson's three, Georgia's four, and Bama's five. Do you think uh, without Tua, uh, the tie can hop any of those teams? I'm going to say yes, they can, just because they have Nick Saban and they have a great organization. Yeah, I'm saying it. All right. I'm 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 gonna keep rooting for Alabama. Like I'm gonna keep saying Alabama is good until they prove me wrong. Like yes, they did lose their their franchise, but I mean, it's still Nick Saban. It's still his team. They still got players, and I still think. I mean, Georgia. I I don't see Georgia staying there. I I think the tide gets in at number four. Um, it's gonna be close, but I think they're gonna do it. I just I I will not lose faith in Nick Saban until he proves me wrong. Basically, that's where I'm at with this. I think there's a chance, but I think it's unlikely. But I think there's a glimmer of hope for um, for Alabama fans, and it's all. If you look at the top three, I think the top three are solidified. I think Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU are pretty much guarantees. They're locks. They're gonna get in. Agreed. But if you look at Georgia, are they really that much better than Alabama? I don't, I don't think so. I think neutral field, even with Mac Jones at quarterback, I think I think you go with Alabama. I agree. I mean, that's just me. If I think it's it's tough to say because they haven't, they haven't really played anyone other than LSU and they lost. But it, is is Mac Jones the option? Or is he the answer? I don't know. He's he's just average, and we've seen Alabama win with average quarterbacks before. We have. We, we've seen them win with quarterbacks in flux. Going from Jalen Hurts to Tua, back to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts transferred. Right. But we've seen them with kind of uncertainty at that position, and they've been able to battle through it. So I think it's unlikely. I think Georgia gets the gets the edge. I would put Alabama in, mm-hmm. but based off um, the, these rankings here, I don't think anything changes going into the playoff. Uh, for me, most likely not. I that loss to LSU it, it just really set them back, uh, and even without Tua's injury, the gap between them and the other four. I think that one loss really set them back because they. Who else do they have to prove themselves against? Their last game is against Auburn, but they're ranked 15. So how much does a win over Auburn really? What does that really say about them? But but if you say it out loud, their one loss was less than a touchdown against the top a top three team in the country. And it was a complete shootout, and it clearly wasn't Nick Saban's best game coaching wise. I know. To me, it seems like unless all four of the top four teams lose in a blowout. It, it's just it, 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 unless that happens, Alabama's not getting in. Uh, I don't know. If I'm looking at it, Georgia has a catastrophe on their on their line. They they have a loss to South Carolina at home. You you can't have that. I'm sorry. I I said it last week. I'll say it again. No catastrophes on my on my resume. I, Alabama's is they're undefeated because they haven't played anyone. I mean, other than LSU, they're undefeated. But right. I, I really don't know. What do you think, Ben? I mean, I'm with you. I think I think the Tide could make the playoffs. I'm still not 100% sold on Jake Fromm. I'm not. Um, Kirby Smart's a good coach. But I have, like I said, I just have more faith in Nick Saban because, like you said, Jason, we've seen them win with average quarterbacks. We've seen it happen before. I don't, like, am I saying they're going to win the national championship? No. But... What I'm saying is, I think they're going to be in the playoffs, and I think they're going to make some noise. But and is this defense better? Like, is it up to speed with the defenses we've seen in the past, where they where they've had uncertainty at quarterbacks? I don't think so. I don't think it's at no. At I legendary mean, level. Yeah, because well, that's a good point. Because I mean, we've seen them give up 30, 40 points this year on a few occasions. So, I mean, I don't know if that's coaching or if it's just the players or what, but. I still I I am not gonna waver from my belief in Nick Saban. You said that uh, you don't believe that much in Jake Fromm, right? Right. But you believe Mac Jones. Well, okay, okay. Let me let me. Mac Jones is playing for Alabama, is he not? Yeah. Correct. So, I think college is mostly coaching. I agree. So I think. Just Georgia as a whole organization compared to Alabama is just not as good. I don't. I don't think there's but anything. Do you get in that. based off your organization? 
top to bottom, or do you get in based off of, you know, your, how good you are as a team? I'm going based off resume. Those are two different things. What do you mean? Those are different things. Nick Saban has this, five this, national yeah, championships. Yeah, I get that, but this isn't. This, you're not hiring somebody for a job. You're going the best. Who was who was better? And I think George has been better this year. But neutral field. The question neutral is: the question is, will the tide make right. the cut? I think they. I think I they do. Think, I don't think they will because one, they only have one game left to play against a weaker opponent, right? Yes. Right. Georgia, they got to play Georgia Tech this week, and then they have the SEC championship game against LSU. And yeah, they probably won't win that game. But they put up even a little bit of a fight. It, it just sort of locks it down, I think. So, so you would rather reward, I, you would rather reward a program for going on the phone and calling up. They played Notre Dame this year; they didn't have to. It, like high call, high, high caliber teams. I'm sorry. For, You're talking about Georgia, right? Uh, yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, you would rather re- reward them. I, yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, neutral field. I would. I think the line would go with Alabama. I. Uh, yeah, even with Mac Jones, are we, are we talking about talent on the roster? Or are we talking coaching? Because I, I get we're saying college football is about coaching, but I, I think I, I got to consider the talent on the field as well. Yeah, but just because Nick Saban is Nick Saban doesn't mean he should they that his team deserves to be in the playoffs. Because then, no. if, if that was if that was the logic, we would open this studio up to Howard Stern just because he. But he, no, 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 well, that's well, not what I'm saying. That's kind of what you're saying. No, I'm saying. I think he's going to find a way because it's Nick Saban. I'm not saying, oh, okay. just get I'm him so, in. Right. I'm not saying, oh, just get him in because it's Nick Saban. I'm saying he's going to find a way. Yes, he is playing with Mac Jones, but we've seen him play with with average quarterbacks and make things happen. Who knows? Mac Jones could step in and be the next, you know, great thing. Who knows? We don't. But until yeah. we see it, we'll find out. But I Question. Heisman race. If Tua was healthy all the way through the season— do you think he would beat out Joe Burrow? Who's yeah. unanimous. Yeah. Right I think now? so. You think so? I think he no would because, injuries because because of the hype that would have been around his name. I because th- I think in that type of uh, the way the structure is for voting for that and how how much of it is focused on public uh, reputation. Tua was the favorite going this year. I mean, I had no idea who Joe Burrow was prior to this to this season. But I, I knew who Tua was. But Burrow has the signature wins. I know he does, but, here's my, but you're saying in a vacuum because yep. if you're saying that if Tua wasn't hurt, because if Tua wasn't hurt, who, who knows? Alabama might have won that game. Okay. So I, I think that if Tua was in the was healthy all year, he would have he was probably the, the uh, bona fide uh, that's Heisman winner. I agree with you, Andrew, and I think that's why I've I've been saying tank for Tua all this time before he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously now I I don't think that I think he's going to fall pretty far in the draft. Which but, which I think would benefit him in the long run but andrew what do you think yeah so without Tua in the heisman picture can we all consensually agree that joe burrow is gonna is gonna win the heisman this year yes i think he's gonna win it but i don't think it's a runaway you don't no because i i love the kid chase young from ohio state yeah he was suspended but that was a stupid suspension i don't even want to get into it um chase young 27 tackles 16 and a half sacks seven forced fumbles and they're get, they're comparing him to Khalil Mack. I think that's going to get votes. It, it, I don't think it'll be unanimous, but I it think won't be Burrow unanimous. Will win. I think Burrow will win too, but I don't think it's a runaway. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Okay. When was the last time a defensive player won the Heisman? Charles Probably Woodson. Charles Woodson. Yeah, and that's going back what, like twenty years? Ninety-eight. I think. I mean, yeah, it's something like that. So yeah. it's almost twenty. Yeah, twenty years. So wow. I mean, I I don't I don't think Chase Young will get it. Is it ninety-eight? Uh, you were so off, ninety-seven. Oh, I knew. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was one of those. <laughs> Come but, on, um, meningitis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's the meningitis. I can't help it. Um. <clears throat> anyway, no, but yeah, I think if it's not going to be Burrow, it's going to be Chase Young. I think Jalen Hurts will get some votes. And this is just my dark horse, Justin Fields of Ohio State, uh, tied for third in the country with touchdown passes and second overall in passer rating. Yeah, but like. I think Juro, Juro, Burrow has the signature wins. No, can we start calling him Juro? No, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> like Churro, like the like the dessert. Oh no, I just, I I just like oh. you're shortening his name. The first like Juro. Juro. It sounds like Churro, like the dessert. I anyway, mean, you're right, but that's not what I meant. You're throwing me off my groove. You're throwing off the emperor's groove. Anyway, but, most yards. 
Okay. Second, second in the country for yards. Second in the yard. Second in the country for touchdown passes, and third in the country for quarterback rating. But he's kind of lighting it up. But I think I, for the main reason, Bochuro is not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Bochuro is going to beat out Justin Fields because Joe Burrow is so valuable to that team. I agree. No, no, I agree defense. with you. They have a they have a pillow fight defense that apparently <laughs> outlaws tackling. I don't want to go into another <laughs> outrage, but <laughs> Andrew, what, what do you think? Uh, it's a Joe Burrow runaway. I mean, Jalen Hurts might get mentioned for. He might get a couple votes, but it, I think Joe Burrow's a lock for this. Uh, he, his team's going to make the college football playoffs. They're, uh, his numbers are just far and away that much better than uh, Justin Fields. And then Chase Young, you haven't had a defensive player win in almost 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in 21 years. So that I, 22. I'm bad at math. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Joe Burrow's going to run away with it. And yet maybe if Oklahoma was a was vying for a playoff spot, maybe Jalen Hurts is a real oh, candidate. I wish I could see Hurts versus Alabama. Oh, that would be awesome. It's just not going to happen. I, because I wanted that. that. When he transferred, I wanted that. I was like, let's see how he does against he his old that. team. Yeah. I was like, ooh. But, that would be something. So how do you think this uh, two injury influences the draft coming up now? Because everyone was saying tank for Tua, tank for Tua. I think it heavily influences it. I No longer am I saying tank for Tua. It hurts me. It pains me to say this because I was a big Tua fan. But his injury is so, what was it, a dislocated hip? So, yeah, dislocated hip is yeah. very comparable to the injury that ended uh, Bo Jackson's career. Okay, there you go. And he's a quarterback. You, oh, that is an ugly injury to come back from. And I think teams know that. I think he'll he'll if he's not picked in the first. I don't think he'll be picked in the first round. I think he'll be probably a late second round, maybe third round pick. Really? I mean, this is a catastrophic injury, and I rarely see players bounce back from something like this. That's true, but if and he's in college. Yeah. Here here's my thing though. Like if you're San Diego, if San Diego, wow! <laughs> if, if you're the Chargers, or if you're Carolina, or if you're Pittsburgh, those three teams right there, I might be missing a few. But if you're those three teams right there, and you're picking at pick 21, 23, like early twenties, late teens, and your roster is already kind of bolstered, like Pittsburgh already has a good offensive line, their defense is proven. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you go with them just because of a talent thing, because you're 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 lost. You're, Wow, I cannot speak today. Your, your roster is already loaded. All you really need is a quarterback now, especially Carolina. You don't know what's going to sure. happen with Cam. Kyle Allen has four picks in like three minutes last week. Yeah, but like, I why not roll the dice? You're rolling the dice, but you're also running the risk that he's going to be injured the whole time he's with your organization. That's the problem. John Harbaugh rolled the dice on Lamar Jackson. He who knew he could play to a quarterback? Andrew did. I did. Andrew didn't. I did. But that's just an example. <laughs> Roll the dice, you know, risk it for the biscuit. You, That's what you got to do in the NFL. I like it. What, what, what's the worst thing that happens if you draft Tua and you're one of those teams? You're, relied on, you're relying on You wasted on your, your first-round pick on a guy who never saw the field? Exactly. Thank you. But your, your team's already loaded. Yeah, but yeah, you it's say, loaded, but, but then saying, you, don't, you don't got a quarterback. Well, who, else, who else is there, though, at quarterback? Well, I, so here's the—let so me get into this. Okay. All right, so, go. Obviously, the, this— Eliminates Tua from being considered in the first round. I think he's going to drop even further than these. I think it's going to be like late four, early really? five. Really? Okay. Be- I mean, I ho- that's where I would draft him. Wow. I hope. I but I don't think NFL GMs are that smart. Because they'll, they'll, because they'll, <laughs> you know more than the big guys. I do. Yes, I do. Oh, man. oh my god. No, because they'll, they'll draft him high. But like I said, when we discussed, you know, who we would draft over before uh, Burrow or Tua. I think your your first round draft pick should be an immediate impact player on your team. Agreed. Tua isn't that now. He's not going to be ready to play next year. You're going to have him sit, you're gonna sit, have him sit on IR and, have, and then waste an injured reserve spot for him. That that can be valuable later well, in the year. Well, that's what they did with when Aaron Rodgers got drafted. He sat behind Brett Favre. I know, but he wasn't hurt. There's, this, What's the it, difference though? This, if this, you're, you're sitting. This, you're sitting. Is the, this is the type of injury that is possibly career-ending. There's no guarantee that Tua Tagovailoa comes back from this injury the same person. I don't think he will, so and that's, that's my problem. So that's why you got it. You can't draft him that high. 
and even second or third round, like there are players that come out of, uh, uh, that come out of those rounds that are real like good players. I, I'm not saying that draft just kind of just got lost in the shuffle. I'm not saying draft him just for the sake of drafting him, but if you no, I, 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 I get what you're saying because he he's if he comes back at that level, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, then draft him the first. Yeah, but the fact that I'm not guaranteeing myself, I don't want to waste a first round pick on a on a on a player that might already be a bust. That doesn't make sense to me. And then as for Burrow, he's probably going to go number one over the overall to the Bengals. I still wouldn't draft him in the first round because I still don't think he's ready for the NFL. Joe Burrow? No, I think he. I don't think, I he, think is. he is because I know because what have we seen with so many quarterbacks in the first round? They get thrust out in the spotlight and they're not ready for it yet. Trubisky because of the because of the first round pick. Trubisky is the best example. Your yeah. first round pick needs to be an immediate impact player. The first round pick should be someone like a Chase Young. It should be a really good offensive lineman. If yeah. I'm the Bengals, I'm definitely trading down now because now there's a premium on Joe Burrow. There probably won't be a ton of players, quarterbacks that hit the free agent market this year. So that means the draft is your only way to get a quarterback now. Right? Pretty much. So I'm trading down because that means whatever I get back is going to be an absolute haul because Joe Burrow's the only quarterback in the draft. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still contend. you. He's a talented player. We don't know the medicals yet until I see him. I might change when I see him. But if they're not too severe and you're like, oh, well, he's still injured, I'm, I would roll the dice with that. Believe me, bro, it, it, it pains me to say that. Because, I, I mean, I was the first one who was, like, tank for Tua. Like, I love the kid. Yeah. But it pains me to see him get injured because I don't think he's coming back from it. A lot of talk about young players. Uh, and coming up, maybe the most dynamic young player in the NBA. Luka Doncic has taken the league by storm. We'll give you our thoughts next here on the final call. But first, Jason with the Mass Soy Sports Minute. Hey everybody and welcome into the Massasoit Sports Minute. My name is Jason Snow on behalf of the Final Call crew and today we'd like to get into a little bit of Massasoit Sports, um, mainly the women's basketball team. They won Monday night versus Quinn Sigamond by a score of 131-20. to um, Hawkins, Collins, Grant all outscored the other team. Hawkins with 37, 13 assists and 6 rebounds. Collins with 35 in her own right, 10 assists and 7 steals. Grant had 31, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists, 9 steals. And Frazier almost outscored Quinn Sigamond in her own right. 19 points and 16 rebounds a game high. Uh, they return home December 2nd against Bristol. A uh, different story can be said for men's basketball as they've lost 4 of their last 5 to start the young season. Uh, their last loss was sun- Saturday against Bunker Hill, 74-59. to And Mignana's 16 points led the way for them. The team faces Quincy College next Tuesday, the 3rd. This has been Jason Snow with your Massasoit Sports Minute. So Dallas Mavericks small forward Luka Doncic, is, he's taken over the NBA. That's right. Tw- he's 20 years old. He's younger than you and I, Ben. Yeah, that's Actually, wild. I don't know how old you are, anyways. I'm 18. He's older than me. Right. But he's younger than you and I. <laughs> Which is crazy to and think about. And he's doing, and he's putting how? up these kind of numbers. He's being mentioned in the same breath as perennial MVP candidates, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. There, he's in the same breath as them. Yep. And he's putting up insane stats. Oh, I love it. Uh, he's averaging 30 points a game, nine and a half assists, uh, ten rebounds, 48 and a half from the field, and 32 and 33 percent from three. He's putting up insane numbers. So with that question, with, with that being said, I pose the question: Is Luka Doncic a candidate for MVP this season? Absolutely. I'm a big Luka fan. Dallas is fourth in the West right now. I think if they continue to play at this level, and they're like a top three seed, expect votes for Luka. I think he has a chance to beat LeBron, to beat James Harden, to beat Giannis. I think if he keeps it up, he's almost averaging a triple double right now. Okay, and this is something that I mean. Ever since Westbrook did it, everyone freaked out. Now it's like you never see that. But with with Luka Doncic, okay, if he stays healthy, and if the team stays healthy, then we are gonna see a lot of votes go his way. He reminds me. Okay, bear with me here. He reminds me of Larry Bird. Oh, wow. Wow. Let me explain. Whoa. Let me explain. Please. Please explain. The clutch gene. Oh, He's got it. He has it flowing through his veins like ice water. Does he not? Wait. I'm leaning back for this one. I'm I'm Wait a second. You know what? 
Go ahead. He's, he doesn't he doesn't impress you athletically, okay? Yet he dunks in people's faces and he hits step back threes. Okay, excellent passer, impeccable ball handling. Does he not? <laughs> impeccable <laughs> impeccable ball, ball handling. handling. Scraps for rebounds. Okay, high IQ. He learned a lot of basketball when he was over in Europe. Okay, and he makes his other teammates better. I mean, JJ Barea. He's what, like fifty-seven? He's still playing. Yeah, and like they're winning games. I mean, Kristaps is going to be good no matter what, but like Seth Curry, the the uh, free version of Steph Curry, he is making him better. You just you can't go on here and disrespect people like that. I'm, just, but, 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 but I'm not disrespecting. Okay. I'm just flat out what saying you, what facts. Is, what does Seth Curry ever do to you? He played Seth, well in the playoffs last listen, year. Listen, listen, listen. He earned every penny. He's, he's Listen, great guy. I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but <laughs> his brother Steph is just superior, and there's nothing you can say that will change my mind on that. Okay. There you go. All right, Andrew, go. Please go. Yes. Because I, I feel like I might be the happy meeting between you guys here. Yeah, he's a play. He's an MVP candidate, but he's not. He's definitely. He's not the favorite. Can we slow down a little bit? Slow down. Yeah, he's putting up great numbers, but he's only twenty years old, and I don't think with LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and how just how good the Western Conference is, he's going to be going up against some tough competition. And mm-hmm. now that he's that good, he's going to be drawing like the best. Defender on each team, so that means yeah. he he's going to be guarded by Kawhi Leonard. He's going to get doubled a lot. So I I don't know if he's re- if he's really ready for that. He's just so young. He's got the talent. He has the potential. But he's being he's being compared to these guys. He's just so young, and he's only. But good news is, he's only going to get better. Exactly. Give, That's the scary part. If, if, if he's this good now, wait five years. I just don't think this is his year. But. Luka Doncic will be in the MVP conversation for years to come, but this is just not his year. He'll get some votes, but I think because he's, I don't think he's, the Mavericks are good enough to get into the upper echelon of the Western Conference. That detracts from him. So who would be your MVP if it's not Luka? I think it's, it's still going to be LeBron or Kawhi. It's going to be one of those two. Okay. You know, it's, I'm not saying Luka sucks because he doesn't. He cle- his numbers clearly show that he is that good. Mm-hmm. Just this isn't his year. Yeah. Jason. No, I'm I'm not gonna go off because I love I love Luca. I love watching him play. He's amazing. He he's easily top five in the conversation for MVP. Absolutely, without a doubt. But the question I have is right with you, Andrew. Are the Mavericks gonna be a top four seed in the in the Western Conference? Because in the that's the ultimate test. Yeah, and that that's gonna be. We've seen young players kind of teeter back and forth. Jason Tatum had a great first year, yeah, second year, and now he's good again. But can Lucas sustain this? He can have a great first three weeks of the regular season or however long it's been. He can have that great. He's great. And I love watching him play. But I think too many times in the NBA, sports writers and media members, they get caught up in the new shiny toy. They, we love Derrick Rose early, and he won the MVP, and that's great. But LeBron had a better season, and we gave the MVP to Westbrook because we got tired of LeBron. And we got tired of Steph, and we got, but you know what I mean. I yep. No, I, I, I know it's just too mean. early to tell. He has unlimited potential. He has the he has the potential to be the best player in the league over Giannis. Yes, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. the common potential yep. he has. In in your timetable, five years, I think that's possible. Yeah, yes. go give him give him five years, yeah. and then talk to him an MVP candidate. The thing the thing that separates him for me from Jason Tatum and these other young players is they all developed in the college ranks. Yeah. Right. And Luca was developing his games over, uh, developing his game overseas in Europe. That's, That's a 15, great point. At fifteen years old. Yeah. That's at 15, a really good point. At fifteen years old, and he's been honing his craft since yeah. like such a young age. So it's no surprise that he, he's playing like he's miles ahead of them. Like I think he's already better than Tatum. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And it's and you know it's I don't think it's that big of a surprise because he's been working at it for much longer. I mean, we all kind of. We didn't really take the Euro League that seriously, I think, but you know more players are starting to come out of that. Yeah, when he was first evaluated by like during the NBA draft, that I heard a few years ago was Mario Hazonia, who's now a role player for the Blazers. Yeah, when he was drafted, yeah. he yes. was like Euro League star. He's the only guy in the draft who can win both a three point contest and a slam dunk contest. And, Whoa! And when Luka Doncic was coming out, I was just like that. Just flashed back in my mind, and I was like, Yeah, Mario Hazonia got a lot of hype. And, yeah, <laughs> and then I kind of doubted him, and then I was like, "Yeah, he might be a good fit in Dallas. They might in a few years, he might be good." He's completely shocked me. I whiffed on it. I, I should have taken his yearly career a lot more seriously. And 
Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say because Atlanta originally picked him yeah. and then traded him for Trey Young. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I, oh. Think, I think that was a terrible decision. Terrible decision. Trey's good. Trey Trey's good, good, but he is not Luka. He's not. But he's, he's not Luka. But it's not like that was such a lopsided trade. It wasn't lopsided, but, well, at the time I thought it was lopsided. I thought I thought Trey Young was going to be a bust. He's surprised me a lot. Yeah. This isn't about Trey Young. This is about Luka. I think the the Hawks completely missed on Luka and... I think oh, the whole man. league did. Oh, if, man, yeah. The Suns didn't. They wouldn't have drafted Aiden number one if they knew what was happening now, what was going to happen. Yeah. So how much do you guys think that Lucas' success is tied to him being paired with uh, Christos Porzingis? None. None. You don't think so? None. No. Nothing. He huh. played last year, and he was phenomenal. He won Rookie of the Year. Christos wasn't playing. You Wait, you clearly think that it hasn't... No, I, I, I not really, because I I don't think Christos is really playing to his full potential right now. And now with, he's coming off a pretty bad injury. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I just want to throw that question out there because I want to see what you guys. Oh talk yeah. About. Oh okay. Uh, but more po- is Luka Doncic already good enough to carry the Mavericks on a deep playoff run? No. No. We have well, we have yet to see it. Well, really? Yeah. We've yet we're yet to see it, but like, but it's but, never happened before. If but he, looking right, looking at what he's doing right now, is he good enough? Knowing everything we know about him, his age. Uh, his experience in the EuroLeague, is he good enough right now to carry the Mavericks on a deep playoff run through the Western Conference? How that deep means are we talking? Conference finals, finals. Like That means he's got to go through L- at least one, if not both, the LA teams. He's got to play Utah, he's got to play Portland, he's got to play Denver. No, and we saw it last night when they lost to the Clippers by like 15. Yeah. At home. At home. Oh, he, mm, by no, the way, no. just, just, just a minute, did you guys see those uniforms they were wearing last night, by the way? They kind of grew on me over Ugh. the course. Not a fan? No. Anyways, besides the point. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Luca. it pains me to say this. It pain. It does pain me to say this, but I don't think this is. This will be the year. I think he can. He can. When LeBron is older, Kawhi is older, Paul George is older, and all these other players are like starting to hit their primes, I think Luca is going to be scary in the Western Conference. I mean, yeah, Denver. Denver is no slouch. Utah's good. Lakers and Clippers, obviously. I think, I think the Mavs could get past Utah. I don't know about Denver. I don't. Definitely not Lakers or Clippers. But I think they could get past Utah. They could get past the Blazers. So I think they could. They they could be a second round team. I think in they, the playoffs. They they would need a third guy. Cause they do. Yeah. Paul George, Kawhi, both are better than Luca and Chris Depps. LeBron. And AD, let's just... Yep, yeah. They're better. Obviously. So, in three years, talk to me then. When Luca's a lot more refined, a lot more... When Dallas becomes a free agent destination. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, that'll be the look. It already is kind of a it good is. free agent destination. Middle of the country, warm climate. No state tax. No state tax. Like, I mean... No, I was I was just down there for a vacation back in August, and I'm already ready to move. There you go. Yeah, so see? That, 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 that's a personal vouch for me. Straight from Fettuccini himself. Uh, thank you, thank you, Meningitis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, the Mavericks is... It's not that Luka isn't good enough. The Mavericks aren't good enough. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. that's it. Yeah, they're putting up historic offensive numbers right now in the regular season, but come the playoffs, in, in a seven-game series, someone's going to figure them out. You know, it's just the Lakers, the Clippers, the... I almost said the Warriors. No, Ooh. next year. <laughs> yeah, I was I was flat wrong about the Warriors. I just want to say that on the show. The, I was La- very the wrong. Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, Nuggets. I mean, they're all the Jazz. They're all too good. They're all with guys who are battle tested that have been through the playoffs. I a, a series I love to see though is the Rockets and the Mavericks. Two just that that would just be, you know. Uh, I could see the all, Mavericks. All bets are off. Threes are, are flying. That threes whole are flying. <laughs> like there's there's no deep. It's gonna be like the All Star game for seven games. Yeah. yeah. Would it be? I mean, we all know what James Harden and Russell Westbrook do in the playoffs. Do you think they get past the Mavericks? That Rockets team. Mm. <sighs> if they no, if they meet them if they meet no, them in like the, if they meet them in like the second round. The Mavericks don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with the two of them because it's, it's just Luca and they don't have the. I don't think the uh, Mavericks have the shooting from the outside. Yeah, but usually in the second round, I mean Harden and Westbrook fall flat. Yeah, the jury's still out on them. Yeah, I know, but I, my, I know more about Harden and Westbrook than I do about Doncic, and that's not me taking a dump on Doncic. You just have more to I, work with. Yeah, I I rather go with the devil I know than the devil I don't. That's Makes all, sense, you know. Yeah. 
And I'm I'm rooting for him. Don't tell Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm no, not big Luca fan. This this is not me with Lamar. This is like <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like Luca. I think he's gonna be a star in this league. Uh it's just it's this year is not his year. Give him a little bit of time to grow. Give him a little bit of time to just just refine his skills Figure just a little out. bit more. Question for both of you. Shoot. Where do you see the Mavericks landing in the playoffs? What seed? Four or five. They'll, they're right around where they are right now. Seven. Really? They'll Seven. Drop? They'll drop. I, who's I, below them right now? So who's gonna who's gonna usurp them? Um, I I I don't think it's. I think the Blazers are gonna play better over the course of the season. They're one of the worst teams in the West. They'll certainly come up. Um, but I think over the course of the season, it'll start to wear on them that oh my god, I'm getting double teamed every time because they're just playing them single coverage at this point. They're just wait till at this point in the season, everyone just experiments and let's see what you do right when we get into february march and there have been like 60 games gone by and you feel the fatigue and you feel the playoff race heating up that's when i want to see luka Doncic play at his best it's great that he's playing like this in november it's great i'm rooting for him i love him but can you show me something in march and i think the jury's still out on him that's fair is that reasonable criticism right there? Oh no, yeah, no, yeah, okay. that's definitely fair. Absolutely, I'm just being realistic. Like, I mean, the kid is only 20 years old. Yeah. We don't really have much to work with, like Andrew was saying. Like, we we know more about Harden and Westbrook than we do about Luca because we've seen more of them. Yeah, like I'm a radio idiot, and you know, people are still wondering about me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Luca the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna say that he can progress over the next couple of years, but I just want to see him do more. You know. Well, do more is unfortunately not something we can do right now. We are running out of time here on the final call. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Final Call MCC. Uh, for Ben Meningitis, oh, Jason gosh. Snow. Jason Snow. Maymaritis. I'm, I'm Andrew Fantuccio signing off here on Radio Massasoit. Cleveland Stupid. Some kind of way out of here Say that joker to